You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, a podcast where I interview some of the most talented mystery and thriller writers out there. I'm your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 193. In this episode of the podcast, we'll be meeting number one Amazon and USA Today bestselling author Frida McFadden. Frida is a medical doctor specializing in brain injury and also a prolific writer who has penned multiple Kindle bestselling psychological thrillers and medical humor novels. Her books have been recognized with honors such as selection as one of Amazon editor's best books of the year and a nomination for the Goodreads Choice Award. Her novels have been translated into over 30 languages. And in this episode, we'll be discussing her latest book, The Housemaid's Secret, which is a sequel to the international bestseller and one of my uh, personal favorite thrillers of 2022, The Housemaid. The much-anticipated sequel will be hitting the shelves on February 20th. I was able to get an advanced review copy of The Housemaid's Secret, and uh, you won't be disappointed. I highly recommend you uh, check out uh, her latest uh, thriller. Uh, Before we get to the interview, though, I'd like to uh, tell you a little bit about this episode's sponsor, Masterclass. If you're looking to take your skills to the next level, then you need to check out Masterclass, the online education platform that provides access to tutorials and lectures pre-recorded by experts in their respective fields. With Masterclass, you can learn from world-renowned instructors like Neil Gaiman, Gordon Ramsay, Serena Williams, and many more, all from the comfort of your own home. Whether you're looking to improve your cooking, writing, or even your acting skills, Masterclass has you covered. Plus, your classes are available on demand so you can learn at your own pace and at your own schedule. So don't miss out this incredible opportunity to learn from the best. Visit thrillingreads.com forward slash masterclass and sign up for Masterclass today and take the first step toward mastering your craft. For show notes and access to more than 190 author interviews, please visit thrillingreads.com and please take a moment to rate and review Meet the Thriller Author on your favorite podcast platform. This helps me reach more listeners. All right, here is my interview with Frida McFadden. Hey everybody, this is Alan with Meet the Thriller Author and on the podcast today, I have uh, Frida McFadden, who's a number one Amazon and USA Today bestselling author. She's a practicing physician specializing in brain injury who's penned multiple Kindle best-selling uh, psychological thrillers and medical humor novels. Uh, her work has been selected as one of Amazon editors' best books of the year, and she's been a Goodreads uh, Choice Award nominee, and her novels, novels have been translated into over 30 languages. Her latest book, The Housemaid's Secret, which is a sequel to the international bestseller, one of my favorite thrillers of 2022, is The Housemaid. Uh, will be published on February 20th. I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the podcast, Frida. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so uh, to get things uh, rolling here, could you tell us a little bit uh, about your latest book and what inspired you to write it? Yeah. Um, so my my latest is The Housemaid's Secret. It's a sequel to The Housemaid. And, you know, The Housemaid just, you know, it blew me away, the response from readers. It was so exciting. And I wasn't ready to leave those characters behind. Everybody wanted to know what's going to happen with Millie, what's next in her story. And, you know, the the end kind of left things open for that. So I, I got this idea and I'm like, I'm gonna write this. And everyone was so excited about it. So I knew I had to do it. And I really wanted it to be a good experience with everyone. I mean, we've all read sequels that were kind of disappointing. So I wanted to make sure that it stayed true to the original and that people loved it just as much. Yeah, that's kind of different for those psychological thrillers because usually those are like standalone. So it's really exciting to see kind of like a, the series continuing with the same character. 
Definitely. I mean, I have been hesitant to write sequels. Everybody's like, oh, write a sequel to this book or that book. But I kind of feel like it gives away the ending, just the existence of a sequel. So in, in general, I'm not excited to write them, but I felt like I could do this one just from Millie's point of view. And I think if you read this, you don't, it doesn't give away anything from the first book. I think you can actually read it as a standalone because it's just Millie's story. Um, so I really tried hard to give that. And I don't know if sequels, if there'll be any more sequels in the future, but I thought I could make this happen. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm excited. And, uh, and, and so that comes out February 20th. Uh, okay. So that's coming right around the corner from when we're right. recording this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. In the yeah, past, so, when people are listening. Probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, By the time you listen to this, it's already out, so go get it. But I'm sure it's already for pre-order, so. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah. And so... Uh, that the success of this of, of the of the housemaid and I've seen your name is like all over on the Amazon's top uh, top one hundred. Uh, yeah. Is that surreal? How does that feel? I mean, for you, <laughs> it's so crazy. I mean, I've been writing books since I was nine years old, and it was always just fun. And when I started self publishing, um, it was all just you know, me having fun. Like this is, I love to write. And I just wanted to share what I was writing with everyone. And I never was aiming or intending for this to happen, but it is so exciting. Like I'm just, it's so, makes me so happy that so many people are enjoying my books. I mean, it's, it's really like a dream. Like it's amazing. And what was that like when you first started putting, uh, publishing your books? Uh, I mean, did they, did they just started like, taken off or did you like market oh. them it's kind of curious <laughs> no it was not like that at all it was um, a very slow trajectory um i published my first book in 2013 and i had this blog about being a doctor at the time and my first book was about my residency and my internship specifically and like i had this senior resident who was so mean to me and i wanted to write a book about it so um, and I just, you know, I was just like, I just want to tell this story. I didn't care about selling it. I was like, people from my blog will buy it. And I sold, I think I remember selling 500 copies the first few months. And I was so happy with that. I'm like, I've done it. I've published my book. I'm done. And then of course I got another idea and then it just, you know, it snowballed. And then, um, when COVID hit, I think a lot of people know this, you know, I think people started reading more. And all of a sudden, my books became much, much more popular, just pretty suddenly. Um, and that was amazing. Um, and, you know, for me, I'm just doing the same thing, doing what's fun. And I just feel lucky that people are reading it. And so uh, your characters, I think that's one of the reasons uh, you enjoy your books so much is the characters are, are I mean, they're, they're so interesting and they're cool and uh, so I was just kind of curious, how do you approach that process of creating characters for your novels? So uh, I'm, I'm glad to, to hear you say they're cool. The protagonists <laughs> are always based on me, of course. Oh, okay. So you're cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm cool. I have to tell my kids this. No. <laughs> Guess what? Um, so, yeah, I I think every all my protagonists, you know, when it, people criticize them, they say, oh, they're not likable. They're kind of you know, weak, they're, you know, they get pushed around too easily. I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> but, 
But, <laughs> no, but, no, but, but don't piss you off, though. Don't tick you off, though. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, but, you know, the other characters, I mean, sometimes they're based on people I know in real life. Um, you know, I, I look at the housemate as kind of a bad boss story, at least the beginning of it. You know, we've all had that awful boss, right? Mm-hmm. Who's just so mean and terrible. I love terrible boss stories. So that was kind of the beginning of that. You know, we've all had that experience. Um, and, you know, it's just, I, I kind of come up with characters that I think are fun to read about and situations that I think are super frustrating, you know, that might come up in real life. And I think people like to read about that. They like to see, you know, the protagonist get tortured and then see how they deal with it. I think that's something that's enjoyable. I like to read about it at least. Yeah, I think that's been fun with the, with this with this uh, subgenre of these psychological thrillers because it's like regular regular people versus you know an FBI or police. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm not going to write an FBI story. <laughs> that's just not going to happen. <laughs> Do you think that's why they they become so popular though, especially now? Is this because people like it's like hey, I, I can see myself in that situation. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the thing with domestic thrillers, like you put yourself in that situation. And I always write in the first person. And I try to write in a very conversational way. Um, Like I actually dictate a lot of my writing. So I think that's why it sounds very conversational. It's it's literally me talking. And um, I think people like that. You know, it's just, I, I describe my writing as like, I, a friend telling you an especially juicy piece of gossip. I'm like, yes, I want to hear more of this. And did you enjoy, like, do you, before you started writing the these, these psychological thrillers, did you enjoy the genre? Had you read them before? Yeah, uh, I think that's part of why I started writing them. So I've always loved thrillers. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I used to read my favorites were um, Mary Higgins Clark. Uh, I love Robin Cook, medical thrillers, well, Michael Crichton. I, I, I've always loved to read. And, um, you know, I've kind of read thrillers on and off. And uh, I love Gone Girl, of course, who didn't. Um, but then I read a book by an author named um, Shelanie Boland. Have you heard of her? No, I haven't. No. She's an amazing British author, and it was a domestic thriller. Um, I think it's called The Best Friend. And it was really well done in that, like, I remember waking up, like, in the middle of the night, mad at the characters in this book. Like, I was so angry about what was happening in the book. And I kind of wanted to recreate that feeling of being so passionate about this could be happening to me. And this is so frustrating. Uh, Like I want to punch this character in the face. Uh, So that was kind of what inspired me to start writing domestic thrillers. Well, you, you really hit that out of the park with the husband because I, I, I went through all those emotions. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, if you don't want to punch the character in the face, I have failed. (laughs) Yeah, and so I'm kind of curious to, uh, um, just in case the listeners aren't too familiar with the, with this genre. Um, so, like, what makes it a, a what makes a thriller psychological? Wow, that is a good question. I think <laughs> I've never been asked that before. I think it's just um, like kind of mind twisting type of thing, like um, like 
people like my mother sometimes reads my book and she's always like this is horror and I was like it's not horror it's a psychological thriller it because but who knows what the difference is nobody really does so I'll just make something up now <laughs> uh, it, it 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 bends your brain maybe without like actually showing you something disgusting like in a horror movie like in a horror movie um you know the the person is being chopped into little pieces and they show every little detail of it. And then in a psychological thriller, the person is just in the room waiting to be chopped up and you're kind of in their head and you're feeling like their fear and, but there's no disgusting chopping up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, actually it does. I'm here nodding in agreement. <laughs> okay, awesome, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of reminds like uh, Alfred Hitchcock movies. They say he's a master oh, yeah. of horror, but there's more like suspense and psychological, like Psycho. And <laughs> I, I love Alfred Hitchcock, and um, one of my books is like a tribute to his movies. Um, Ooh, do not, <laughs> do not disturb. It's, um, it's mostly about. It's mostly a tribute to Psycho. Um, it's about like a creepy motel, but it actually includes little details from um, Rear Window and also some episodes of Alfred Hitchcock Presents, which I used to love when I was younger. Um, and Nick at Night, I think I used to watch it. <laughs> so um, I, I'm a huge fan and he does it so well. Real genius. Yeah, yeah, I love those. Yeah, I remember those shows too. Uh, uh, watching that uh, uh, on cable, those uh, the reruns of uh, his, uh, his TV show is really good. <laughs> Yeah, and he's so funny too. Yeah, that little <laughs> yeah, part his intros, there. his yeah, his intros were so cool. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so kind of curious that too. Now, just getting into the because you know, as as a writer, I get Snoopy as uh, other writers' uh, uh, routines and all that. So I'm gonna get all Snoopy here. Uh, so, what's uh, do you have like a set writing routine when you're working on something, or do you pref or do you just start to write? Do you have an outline? How how does your process work? Um. I, I'm pretty regimented, but not in the way that a lot of other writers are because I do have another job. So I will wait for a time when I'm not too busy. So I'll wait for like either a vacation week or a week when, you know, I know my schedule is really light. And before I get to that point, I plan all in my head. I don't write outlines, but I, I think I'm always thinking often in the shower sometimes while walking, driving, and I'm pl constantly planning the story for maybe two months before I start writing. And then when I sit down, it's like a binge thing. I like write like a crazy person for like a couple weeks and then it's done. But it's like a whole process leading up to that. Um, and then of course, editing comes after. That takes forever. Yeah. So, you know, also like, you know, when you, st when you start to write it, you already have the whole, the whole story, like in your head. So it's just like getting it out of there. <laughs> on yeah. Paper. It's in my head. I don't. Yeah. Some people do these very detailed outlines. Yeah. I don't like that because I, I just, I'm a, I, I plot them out, but I also like to let the characters take me where they want to like, cause you don't know until you start writing like, I'm going to really like this character. This one's going to speak to me. You create some side character that suddenly you really, really like, and you think that could be an important part of the story. Like, you just don't know until you get down there. And I don't want to be tied down by some outline I wrote. So I, I do 
pl- plan a lot, especially the twist. Hmm. I, don't, I don't see how any, you know, they talk about plotter versus pantser. I don't even see how a psychological thriller author could pants. Is that a, is that a is that a verb? Pants. <laughs> I think pants. it is not. Yeah, I think it's become one. <laughs> yeah. So I don't see how you could pants because you know you have to set up this twist. The twist is super important, and if you don't know what it is going into it, it it's very hard to set it up. But um, you know, I, so I do have that before I start writing. I, I'm not going to go into that. Is the one thing that's important to me. I will not start writing until I've got a twist that this is the way I know it's a good twist. I, I tell it to my husband. I go through the whole story with him and I tell him the twist. And if he says, oh, that's pretty cool, or he laughs, mm-hmm. that's another option. Then I'm like, okay, I can write this. And do you, do you usually go like for the, um, like, is it like one big twist or is it, do you have like multiple twists? Uh, is, or, or, or are you just looking for that one big one? So... I think, you know, I think it all really has to be one twist, but the twist can have components that sort of come together. Like it's, you know, they should all sort of, each part of it should fit together. Um, But it's really all one, I think. Mm -hmm. But you know, one could argue, like there are many twists in a story. Actually, I would say the Hallismood Secret might have two twists. How about that? All right, cool. <laughs> Looking forward to discovering those. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, how do you balance the, like your 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 physician? So you're like you know, that's a pretty big, busy day job. <laughs> how do you balance the demands of writing with, with other aspects of your life? It's hard. I mean, I also have two children. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> so yeah, I <laughs> I wish there were like 25 or 26 hours in the day. Um, <laughs> You know, it, it, it can be challenging. And there are some times when I'm doing it well and other times when I am not doing it as well. But I, I, I try my best. I, I do work only part-time as a physician, so that helps. Um, uh, about four and a half years ago, I went from more full-time to part-time. So that's given me a lot more time for my writing. I'm also the kind of person who always likes to be busy and doing five things at once. So, you know, I do a lot of social media stuff and people... We'll say, how are you constantly doing this? Like, don't you have a don't you have a job? <laughs> I'm like, uh, well, I'm I'm kind of doing it, you know. I, I'm at a meeting, and the meeting isn't that interesting, so I got my phone out. I'm like liking comments and stuff, <laughs> and you know, nobody notices. I'm doing it under the table. I mean, no meetings are important. I, I'm just gonna say that I don't think I've ever been to a meeting in my life that was important. So I think it's okay. <laughs> yeah usually when you finish with one of those meetings you're like was this really necessary <laughs> yeah exactly i'm like you know what i don't say that anymore because i got a lot done on social media during this meeting so thank you <laughs> yeah and uh, you mentioned social media too because um i think i first started hearing seeing your your the housemate popping up was on tiktok um yeah. yeah how does so i don't know much about tiktok i mean i've been there and i've seen it but it's like can you tell us a little bit about that world? i don't know anything about tiktok <laughs> Just that they love your book. <laughs> it, it just happened. And I wish I could say that, like, I had the ma- the the magic TikTok formula, but uh, I do not. I uh, I have an account. I think I know how to log in. I've watched a couple of videos. Um, I have no idea how to record a video. I... <laughs> 
oh, she's not out there doing dancing and all that stuff. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't think you're ever going to see me dancing on TikTok. I'm sorry. That's just not, it's not in my repertoire. <laughs> <laughs> but did you do you when 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 it started getting a lot of uh uh attention on there did you how did you how did that come do you do you notice that did you realize it like huh what's going on over there yeah it was mostly told to me like somebody was like your book's really you're really popular on tiktok and i'm like <laughs> what's tiktok no I, I didn't know what tiktok was but it, only vaguely so i'm like okay i gotta start an account so i can see what's going on on tiktok and i I, I, I love that people on TikTok enjoy my book and that it's helped me. And I have no idea what to do with all that. Like I, I think I figured out Instagram. I figured out Facebook. I think I'm just too old for TikTok. <laughs> and I appreciate that younger, savvier people are promoting me on there. I'm very appreciative, but I'm too old. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good. I thought that, yeah, you, you have like a, a publicity team on there on TikTok. Yeah, like that's the, awesome. I don't even have to pay them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> they give them any ideas. Yeah. No, I'm I'm very grateful because yeah. I, I I can't figure out how to do it. So. And so I'm kind of curious too. Now, like, um, do you? You said it sometimes it takes it takes like a, a month or something to get the the idea for your book. Do you, do you write every day though? Do you set time to write every day? Um, I don't like I, I, as I said, I'm a binge writer. I'll like write a lot. Like I could write 10,000 words in a day. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> and I'll have it's dictated, as I said. Um, and then I can go like a couple of months without writing. And, you know, I, and I, I like to write, I like to kind of share myself. So I do have a reader group. Um, I, I called it on Facebook called Frida McFan. I thought that was extremely clever when I came up with it. Um, and I, I tell little stories about my life there and, uh, that kind of satisfies my urge to, to tell little stories and to write a little bit every day, but I'm not doing, you know, heavy duty storytelling each day. I, I just need a break. I just can't like, you know, I, I, I have another job. This needs to be fun for me. Like this needs to be something that's enjoyable and if I had to do this every day, it would be a job. And I do not want that. And how do you come up with, I know this is the kind of like a, a boring question, but it's always fascinating to me. So how do you decide on the titles for your books? It's the hardest part. Because you can write like 80,000 words and that two or three word <laughs> title, it's like impossible. Like, I don't know. Um, so I, I always have like kind of a working title in my head. And sometimes I'm very lucky and I can use it. Um, and other times it doesn't work out. Um, so two times recently. So with The Housemaid, I was writing it several years before it was published. And the working title in my head was The Maid. I thought that was a great title for it. Um, and then a book came out by Nina Nita Prose called mm -hmm. The Maid. And it was very, very popular. So I was like, I guess I can't call my book that anymore. And uh, so, you know, I, I did the book with a company called Bukachor and they came up with The Housemaid and they're a British company. And I had never heard that word before. I was like, what is a housemaid? Like, is that, that like a, a cleaning person? I don't So it, it's a, I guess it's the same as a maid, but it's the British version. And oh, okay. I, 
but um, it's not a word I would use, but I now I love the word and that it, it totally suits the book. So I'm very happy with the housemaid. Yeah, and, uh, like the butler or something. Yeah, the butler. <laughs> well, we, yeah, no, we don't have but do they have butlers still in in Britain? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, probably like uh, King Charles does, probably. Yeah, like there was, there was like, do you remember Mr. Belvedere? He was a butler. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a child I, of the 80s. I'm telling, you're really telling my age now. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and, and then there was another book I did. Um, it's called Never Lie. And the working title for that was The Therapist, because it's about, you know, a psychiatrist. And of course, you know, B.A. Paris, I think it was, came out with a book called The Therapist right when I was finished writing it. So conspiracy. I use that. So I, I had to scramble and come up with another title. And people will say, sometimes say, I, I don't think this is the best title for your book. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Someone else took my title. So. Yeah, yeah, you got to be, so now you got to come up faster now when you get your titles. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like, I, 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 I always get scooped. I don't know why. They, they are, they, they're on my hard drive somehow, knowing what I'm writing. <laughs> Yeah, you mentioned book, uh, book, bookature, uh, bookature. I might be saying that wrong. Oh, I know, me too. I always, I always butcher it. But I'm really impressed with their book, their the books that they put out. That uh, um, they seem to really have hit the thriller uh, world very nicely with their uh, with the with their books. Oh yeah, they have a lot of um, great authors on there. Um, the one I mentioned, uh, Shelley Boland, she's on there. Um, and I, I know a lot of other authors, um, another, um, author I am friendly with, uh, Daniel Hirsch, who puts out some amazing books. He, oh, he recently started, yeah. yeah, he recently started, uh, writing with them. They've, they've got some great authors and, uh, they've definitely, um, you know, they're, they're very good to work with, very, uh, nice people. And, uh, my, my editor there gave me some great advice. I, I don't think the housemaid would have been as good without um my editor ellen so very grateful to them for that yeah i met daniel hurst in uh, las vegas this november at a, at a writer's conference he's oh, a real, awesome. yeah, real nice I, guy i never met yeah. him but he we yeah. chatted he's, he seems super nice yeah i, I love his books mm -hmm. yeah and so so you were you were you, the first books you put out uh, on your own you, you were in indies um so what was the transition to working with a with a publishing house is that it, was that for you? Was that all right? It wasn't too bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I think um, it was nice having a little bit of a professional guidance mm -hmm. on the manuscript. Uh, usually I just use my own beta readers and editors. And um, you know, it, was, it was different. You know, you have to give up some of the control. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I each thing they you know, then they gave me the blurb. I'm like, no, 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 no. I want it like this and this and this and this. And, you know, I, it's hard to, um, give up that control. Can you hear me? It's just, it's just oh, never mind. Oh yeah. No, I can hear you. <laughs> um, it suddenly said mute. Sorry. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, so it was good to, um, it was good to have a little bit more professional guidance and, um, I was worried about the cover. I was like, what if they give me a bad cover? What will I say? And then they showed me the cover and I like almost cried. I was like, I yeah, love this cover. This all, your covers are awesome. Cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, the, the, their covers are, are for for their the, the books that they put out. I've always been very impressed with them. Yeah, that, I love that like eye catching on my cover. <laughs> yeah. And the yellow, and and I love the new one too. I, I think it was, you know, the red, red and yellow, a mm-hmm. uh, little bit McDonald's ish, but I still love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had thought about that. <laughs> well, you got the whole Mc, the, the whole McFadden, right? So got to go with it. The... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It totally fits. So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I'm kind of curious too about the. Um, uh, so you, like you mentioned before how you 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 think you think about your your the story in your head for a while do you do a lot of research for for your books um google is my friend mm-hmm. how did anyone write a book before google oh, can you imagine that's my uh, question <laughs> someone um, like james michener who does those huge books how did he do it <laughs> how i i remember dating myself again i remember going to libraries to do research for yeah. school projects and stuff and it was awful there was like this this decimal thing that you had to know. It was, I, I never figured it out. So I'm very glad that Google came along because I might've had to learn this decimal thing to use libraries. Um, yeah, so I Google everything, but I, I do other research too. Um, I, I really try to make things very authentic when I can. Um, I have this uh, book about the inmate, which is about, um, um, a nurse practitioner in a prison. So I know, you know, the nurse practitioner, I know what the medical part I know, of course, but I, um, I had a friend set me up with a physician assistant who worked in a prison seeing patients and we chatted and he told me about his experiences. And I also read a couple of books by people who, you know, did medical work at prison. So I, I really try to keep things accurate. And I know sometimes things are not accurate just because I have to take poetic license to make the plot work. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, somebody will say, Oh, this would have taken years and you made it take two months. I'm like, you don't, you didn't want to read two years of like, you know, minutia. So (laughs) just be happy that I changed it. (laughs) But yeah, Google, Google for the most part. And, you know, I, I hope that the police never, get into my computer and check my internet history, I will also be in prison, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 your, or your husband gets a little nervous when he sees your, uh, your, what, what you're looking at. And my wife sometimes yeah. is like, what are you looking at? And I go, that's research. <laughs> He's like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. So what are you working on now? Do you have any current, uh, upcoming projects um, that you're working on for uh, after the, uh, the Husband Secret? Yeah, I actually have a book that I'm hoping to put out um, self-published in um, May-ish. I haven't set a date exactly. That is about um, a medical student. So drawing from my own experiences, who's spending the night um, on the psychiatric ward uh, of a hospital. And this is very much based on experiences I had as a medical student about a while ago, let's just say. And, uh, you know, I, I had had them in my head for a long time. And then I got the idea for the twist and I was like, I'm writing it. So, um, you know, I, it's all, all written, just need some editing work. And uh, I want to, of course, give the housemaid a time to shine. So I'll, I'll probably be putting that out like late in the spring. Wow, cool! Yeah, just that description sounded uh, creep me out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so uh, I always like to, uh, before I, I, I let my guests go, I always like to ask, because I know I have aspiring writers that listen to this podcast. Uh, any advice for an aspiring writer that's listening to this, a thriller writer? Um, do you have another hour? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, there's a lot I could tell people. I feel like, you know, I, I've just learned so much over the years. Um, you know, I, one thing I say, you know, when you, what's between the covers of your book is the most important part. You know, interesting writing is really crucial. You know, everybody's so focused on their cover and their Amazon page. And of course it's super important, but what's most important is what is between those covers. And I always um, recommend to writers the book, um, Save the Cat Writes a Novel. It's an excellent book about plotting because I think that's where a lot of new writers go wrong. They, you know, they don't know how, you know, the trajectory of a book should be. So that book really helps you figure out like how, you know, how to reach that climax, climax, how to, um, how to develop the characters. And it, it really just helps a lot for new writers. And I, I've had friends who read that book and they're like, oh, now I get it. Now I know what I've been doing wrong all this time. So I think it's an excellent book. Yeah, I agree. I have that. I have that book too, and I've taken it. I've done some of the, her video courses. I can't, uh, Jessica Brody, I think, if I remember yeah. her name. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. Is there anything else that you'd like to share before uh, before we end the end the interview? Um, I just want to say thank you to all my readers. Um, it's just it's such an honor to have so many people reading my books. And I just want to give everyone a great experience. I've, I love to read. And the thought of other people loving my books the way that I have loved other people's books, it's just, it blows my mind. And I just feel so lucky to be able to do this and to share my writing with people and for them to appreciate it. So um, I, just, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone. All right, great. Well, thank you so much, uh, uh, Frida, for being on the podcast. Really enjoyed talking with you. Yeah, it's great talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Meet the Thriller Author. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with one of your favorite writers of mysteries and thrillers. Or if this episode's guest is new to you, I hope you give their books a chance. Helping listeners discover new authors and books is one of the coolest outcomes of doing this podcast. As always, you can head over to thrillerauthors.com to sign up to my Thrilling Reads email list. That way you won't miss out on any great deals in thriller and mystery books. You can also check out all the links and resources in the show notes for this episode over at thrillerauthors.com. And also please do subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already and leave a rating and review wherever it is that you're listening to this show. If you have done that already, I thank you. I really do appreciate your support. For my other links to my author website, social media haunts, and more uh, check out thrillingreads.com forward slash links all my links will be uh, on that uh, page so that's it for this episode uh, see you next time and stay safe out there <laughs>